Hello everybody, this is Father Jeremiah and today I would like to speak about surrender as the path to freedom. And usually when I begin each podcast, I begin with a, a reading from scripture that will reflect our theme. But today I would like to read a prayer by Blessed Charles de Foucault, which is famously known as his prayer of abandonment. And I think this prayer is, is perfect for today's topic. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me, and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve, and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen. It seems to me that after our initial conversion or reversion experience, there are essentially two phases of the spiritual life, or two, two phases of, of relationship with God. The first phase and I'd like to use uh, the analogy of, of driving in a car. And so in this first phase of our relationship with God, it's almost like we are driving in a car with Jesus. Jesus is in the passenger seat. And we, we love his company. We desire him to be there. Maybe we've even had to kick people out of that seat so that Jesus could be there. And all the meanwhile, we are listening to his advice about when to slow down, about where to turn. We are very much aware of his presence. And his presence at this stage is consoling. It's consoling emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. And what this looks like in life is that gen generally during this stage, Things like ministry, prayer, retreats, they're relatively easy and they're comforting because we can feel, we can sense God's grace in, in a very tangible way. In a very real way, His grace is leaving an effect 
on our lives and an effect that we can perceive with our senses. And this phase is such a tremendous blessing, such a great gift from God. But there's a problem with this phase. The problem is we are the ones who are still driving. We are the ones behind the wheel. And yes, we are aware of Jesus sitting next to us. We are inspired by Him. We, we love Him. Yet our hands are still on the wheel. And so there is a deeper and fuller surrender that awaits us. And there comes a time, and only God knows when this time uh, will be. It will be different for each person's, in each person's life. But there comes a time where in the course of our driving here with Jesus, He'll ask us to pull over. And we might hesitate at first and thinking, you know, why must I pull over? But because out of love and out of obedience for Jesus, we pull over. And it's there on the side of that road where Jesus will ask us a very profound, a very frightening, and yet a deeply important question. And the question that Jesus will ask is, will you let me drive? And at first, we're sort of taken aback by this question. But because of our love for Jesus, we say, well, of, of course, Jesus, you, you can drive. Here are the keys. And so Jesus gets behind the wheel and he starts to drive. And very quickly, we begin to realize how different Jesus drives. It can seem to us that Jesus doesn't obey the normal traffic laws. Sometimes he'll, he takes us off-road. Other times it might seem like he's fallen asleep at the wheel. And out of fear and out of doubt, We make Jesus pull over so that we can take control again. It's this little story or this analogy is meant to show what relationship with God looks like 
for most of us, much of the time. It is a battle, it is a struggle between surrender and control. And we might ask ourselves, what is it that God desires us to surrender? What could He possibly want me to surrender? And honestly, it's, it's not a lot. It's just everything. It's your entire life. God wants you and I to surrender. And you know, when, when we hear that, most likely there's a part of our humanity that almost recoils at that. And the problem is, or the reason for that is because we think this everything, we think this life that we think is ours, is actually ours. How often in, in the course of the day or in, or in society do we say things like, my time, my body, my career, my ministry, my family, my reputation, my health? But is that really true? Are any of these things really mine? St. Paul tells us, or he says in 1 Corinthians, what have you that you did not receive? If you then received it, why do you boast as if it were not a gift? See, what's the point here? Nothing is ours anyway. Everything is gift. And so surrendering to God is simply returning the gift. Returning the gift that includes things like my time, my ministry, my family, even my health. Giving it back to the giver of the gifts. But here's the hard part. We are called to surrender. We are called to give this back to God without controlling and without demanding that it looks or feels a particular way. And why is it why is this nuance important? Because if we are still controlling or demanding that what we give to God looks, feels, or even acts a certain way, then are we not still driving? Yes, we might be attempting to surrender to God but we're even controlling 
how our surrender to God is. Now, I know from my own experience, this is nearly impossible for us. Even the best of us, even the most holy, the most pious among us, we can't but help tell God what to do, when to do it, and even how to do it. We can't help but to construct images and ideas in our head of what we think answered prayers should look like or how our gifts should be used, whether in our families or in the church or wherever. The reality is, of course, that sometimes, sometimes, our ideas and images match up and align with God's. But quite honestly, most of the time, they don't. You know, in my, in my own life, I, I would say in the last 10 years or so, I have thought, I have discerned the real possibility of, of becoming a hermit. And each time I, I was convinced through, through prayer and through my own discernment that this is the path and this is the way the Lord was calling me to. And so there's been times where I've concluded in my own mind, okay, well, I think this must mean then I have to leave my community to become a hermit or have some sort of uh, official agreement with my community to sort of get their full approval that, yes, I can live as, as a Franciscan hermit. And interestingly enough, every time I've reached that quote-unquote conclusion, the Lord will give me something that will show me that I'm not, that my discernment is not perfect. So, for example, every time I feel like the Lord is calling me to be a hermit, the Lord seems to give me a particular ministry, whether it's a spiritual direction ministry or a directed retreat ministry that I cannot deny is from the Lord because His, His grace is, is very abundant in it. But yet it doesn't seem to match with what at least I think my version of a hermit looks like. And over these years, I've come to the conclusion that the Lord is calling me to be a hermit. But it's just not the kind that I imagine. God's version of me as a hermit involves a lot of prayer, a lot of time in hermitage, a lot of solitude, a lot of silence. But it also includes a ministry of spiritual direction, preaching, and even ministering to my own community. 
And it's only recently where I am beginning to surrender this whole thing back to God, where I'm really concluding that, Lord, your ways are actually better and more profound than my own finite conclusions. And strangely enough, do you know what the fruit of this surrender has been in my own life? It has been deep peace and joy. Whereas before, when I was trying to do everything and not surrendering, I was frustrated. I was annoyed. And I was constantly blaming everyone else and everything else. A few thoughts about surrendering to God. The first is surrendering to God practically takes place in your actual life. Your life as it really is, not as you want it to be or not as you think it should be, but as it really is, is the playing field where surrender occurs. It doesn't mean that you have to like everything. It doesn't mean that you can't even pray that things would be different. It doesn't mean if you're sick, you don't go to the doctors. Or it doesn't mean that you walk around all day feeling holy. Of course not. What it does mean is that the very bottom of our hearts, there is an acceptance of all that God seems to be allowing. And again, this doesn't mean we have to like it. This doesn't mean we have to agree with everything or that we can't pray for another way. But this does mean that we must be engaged with the circumstances and with the duties and the people in our life. We cannot say that we are surrendered to God and then ignore what God places right in front of us, namely, our life. Another thought about surrendering. And this is, this is very difficult for us to understand. But God's version, God's will of your life does not have you or me or my ideas or your ideas at the center. <laughs> Let me say that again because I think that just surpri- it surprises me and I'm sure it will surprise all of us. But God's will does not have you at the center. God is meant to be the driver, not you. Yes, 
You and I are invited to play a key role in God's will. But ultimately, He needs to be in the center. In other words, He needs to be the one who is driving. Why is that? Well, the answer is very simple. Because we do not know how to drive. If we think we know how to drive, and we don't know where to go, I don't care how much theology one has studied, how many retreats somebody has been on, how long you've been a priest, or how long you've been in in your vocation, or how long you've been in ministry, each one of us is clueless. This is why we need revelation. This is why we need to surrender to God's revelation, right? As Christians, the, the essence of Christianity, in Christianity we are reminded of the fact that we cannot know God unless God reveals Himself to us. God is too holy other. And God has revealed himself to us. So we stand in need of revelation about who God is and also about who we are. Another point about surrendering. To the extent that we surrender is the extent in which we will know God. And I don't mean know God theologically or philosophically, but know Him in the very depths of our being. Surrender is a sign, is a manifestation of our faith, of our hope, and our love for God. Because without surrender, we're just praying to ourselves or praying to some idol and not the living God. So what does surrender to God look like in your life? Well, for each one of us, this is going to be different because God is working uniquely in each one of our lives. And so in this area, like in most areas of the spiritual life, we can't compare ourselves with other people. But maybe I I could provide here a few questions to help us in discerning possible areas of surrender for our life. And the first one would be this. Is there anything in your life right now that you are trying to control or that you are trying to force? And my question to that is, how's that working out for you? Chances are, it's probably not going well. It could be a relationship. 
It could be a way of prayer. It could be your health. It could be a vocation. Notice I didn't say giving our best effort here, which we are always called to do. We are always called to give our best effort. And so we're certainly not advocating being lazy. But there is a huge difference between giving our best effort and controlling or forcing something. Is there something or someone in your life that continually leads you to frustration? When we are continually frustrated by something or someone, there is often an element of control at work. You know, the the truth is, you and I, we cannot control, even though we try, other people and and situations in our life. 99% of our life is out of our control. What we can do change our response, surrender our will, surrender our desires to God who can do all things. To the best of your ability, what do you perceive God saying to you at this moment of your life? then are you doing that? Are you living that? Or are you simply entertaining it, seeking confirmation after confirmation after confirmation while the Lord has already spoken? You know, it's so interesting in spiritual direction, oftentimes when I'm with people and I'll, and I'll ask them like, you know, what, what is it that you think the Lord's saying here? Or what do you perceive Him doing in your life? And they'll oftentimes give this, this beautiful response of, of something like, you know, I really sense the Lord calling me to step out in faith or to forgive or to trust. And then I'll ask, like, are you, are you doing that? <laughs> and the normal human response, and this is for myself as well, is, Well, not really. I'm not really doing that. I'm not really living from that reality. Surrendering to God means living with Him where we are in our lives right now, following His lead, obeying His word to us, and trusting that His grace is with us. It's possible to live one's entire Christian life on pure willpower and strength. I've done it. I've seen it in many people. Always doing the right thing. Always saying your prayers. Always obeying the the teachings of the church, the moral law. All of which is good. 
but all of which is very elementary, all of which is very basic. Do you want to spice up your life a little bit? Do you want to have a little fun in your life? Then give up your life. Take God at His word. Throw all the responsibility of your life upon God. It doesn't mean being reckless or immature. Of course not. But it means taking God at His word. When Jesus tells us, do not worry about your life, all the hairs of your head are numbered. What's He trying to tell us? He's trying to remind us that the Father is in charge, that the Father is trustworthy, and that surrender is the path to freedom. Otherwise, we are living this stale, boring, and uninspiring path of simply obligation. Our Christian life is nothing more than simply sin prevention. That is a necessary beginning stage that is not even close to the freedom that Jesus invites us to. And so, here's a challenging question to leave you with. Is Jesus really the Lord of your life? Or is he merely someone that you consult? Someone whose opinion you value, someone who you, who you obviously love and cherish, but ultimately you make the final decision. Ultimately, you're the one driving. My advice, which seems to be the advice of Jesus, is for God's sake, give up. Give up driving. Give up thinking and acting that you alone are smart enough, strong enough, or holy enough. Because you're not, and neither am I. And the good news the liberating news is that we don't have to be. Jesus never asks us to be competent or proficient in anything. He does ask that we surrender ourselves to Him. And ironically, it is through this surrender that we become competent, that we become proficient in everything we do and in anything he asks of us. Amen.